On this occasion of applicatory, we turn to Psalm 119, where we begin reading at verse 57. We're going to read three sections of Psalm 119, beginning at verse 57. Thou art my portion, O Lord. I have said that I would keep thy words. I entreated thy favor with my whole heart. Be merciful unto me according to thy word. I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. The bands of the wicked have robbed me, but I have not forgotten thy law. At midnight I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. I am a companion of all them that fear thee and of them that keep thy precepts. The earth, O Lord, is full of thy mercy. Teach me thy statutes. Thou hast dealt well with thy servant, O Lord, according unto thy word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I have believed thy commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now have I kept thy word. Thou art good and doest good, Teach me thy statutes. The proud have forged a lie against me, but I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart. Their heart is as fat as grease, but I delight in thy law. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. The law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. Thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding, that I may learn thy commandments. They that fear thee will be glad when they see me, because I have hoped in thy word. I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right, and that thou in faithfulness hast afflicted me. Let, I pray thee, thy merciful kindness be for my comfort, according to thy word unto thy servant. Let thy tender mercies come unto me, that I may live, for thy law is my delight. Let the proud be ashamed, for they dealt perversely with me without a cause. But I will meditate in thy precepts, Let those that fear thee turn unto me, and those that have known thy testimonies. Let my heart be sound in thy statutes, that I be not ashamed. I call your attention this evening to verse 65 and the first part of verse 66 of Psalm 119. Thou hast dealt well with thy servant, O Lord, According unto thy word, teach me good judgment and knowledge. A 
Beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, that the Lord has dealt well with us is evident in the signs and seals of the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. His beautiful gospel, which we heard proclaimed this morning and sealed in that sacrament, is a testimony of his goodness to us. And we confess that. We confess his goodness to us. We confess his goodness to us in all our life. Whenever we stand before Psalm 119, we are reminded that this psalm is really the ABCs of the Christian life. The psalm in which the entire Hebrew alphabet is used in setting forth this psalm. Each section, beginning, each section and each verse in each section begins with that particular letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And so, I've often referred to it as the ABCs of the Christian life. We confess God's goodness to us. But if we are to do that, truly to make that our confession, we have to be taught of him. We have to see things in a proper biblical and spiritual perspective. And therefore we must pray, Lord, teach me good judgment and knowledge. We have treated various texts in Psalm 119 in the past, and we have seen the theme of the psalm is the preciousness of the Word of God. That's also expressed in the ninth section of this psalm and in the words of our text. The poet prays that the precious Word of God may have its proper place in his life and that he may walk in the way of the Lord's precepts. He wants to be manifest as the servant of Jehovah. That's one aspect of the text we consider. A second aspect of the text is the fact that the psalmist writes this as one who has tasted, indeed who lives, in the midst of affliction, in the face of trial. That's the background of what he writes in the first verse of this section. Verse 65, as is evident from what follows, especially in verse 67, 69, and 71. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now have I kept thy word. He's bearing affliction. What's the nature of that affliction? We don't know entirely. But verse 69 says, The proud have forged a lie against me. As we sang in the versification of this psalm, he was slandered by his enemies. That belongs to at least part of his affliction. And then verse 71, he says again, It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. 
And isn't that also our confession? Even with the trials we have faced in the past many months now, with the schism that has taken place, God has used that to drive us back to his word that we might stand steadfast in the historic Reformed truth. But this is the way of the psalmist, the way of affliction, of suffering, even of persecution. So bear that in mind as we consider this text. That makes his confession all the more amazing as you can well understand, because the inspired poet says, in the face of those trials, Jehovah has dealt well with him. Notice, he even acknowledges that affliction, as we learn from verse 69, even the persecution of evildoers who have lied about him and tried to defame him, he acknowledges that as God's dealings with him. There's no question in the psalmist's mind about the absolute sovereignty of God even when he doesn't understand God's pathway. He acknowledges God's government in all his earthly way. The way of affliction is God's dealings with him. And those dealings are good. That's the confession of this man of God. And in making this confession... He's not only speaking of God's past dealings with him, pleading perhaps that good dealings might return once again. Literally, he says, thou art dealing well continually with thy servant, O Lord. But there's another important aspect of this text And that brings us to the relationship between verse 65 and the first part of verse 66. There is implied here the confession that although Jehovah's dealings with his servant are good, they're not always seen that way. We who will join in this confession, after all, do so as sinners who sometimes lose perspective. And so the psalmist teaches us by his own example as he prays, teach me good judgment and knowledge. That's his prayer in order that he might continue to confess in all circumstances, thou hast dealt well with thy servant, O Lord, according unto thy word, and that he might live in that confession. Having tasted the Lord's goodness, may this also be our confession and our life. So we give our attention then to this word of God under the theme, confessing Jehovah's goodness. We notice, first of all, an assured fact. 
Secondly, a humble, a joyful confession. And then finally, a humble prayer. First of all, the inspired poet confesses as an assured fact that the Lord has been good to him. The Lord always deals well with his servant. And the psalmist confesses that, first of all, as he looks back over his life. He makes this confession, having come through some of the afflictions of which our lives are marked, and having seen the Lord's work in delivering him. There are many afflictions in this life as we all experience. Occasionally, after having, been gone, after having gone through a particular period of affliction, a child of God will see what the psalmist sees. But that's not always the case. And especially it's not true as we are going through it. Then oftentimes... Our sinful nature comes to expression, and we complain and murmur about God's ways with us. And even if we don't express that complaint, we carry it in our souls, don't we? With bitterness over God's ways with us. But there are times when after having gone through a particular trial that we confess thou hast dealt well with thy servant, O Lord, because we see that through that trial, through that affliction, the Lord drew us closer to him and strengthened us and strengthened our faith by making us more conscious of our dependence upon him and of his great love towards us. But don't overlook the fact that in this text there is an expression of the truth that the Lord always deals well with his servant, with his people. Whether we acknowledge it or not, whether we see it or not, Jehovah always deals well with his people according to his word. That's the assurance of the children of God. And that is in part the significance of the attached expression, according to thy word. Well, what is that word that the psalmist refers to, to which the Lord has according to which the Lord has dealt and is dealing well with his servant? That word is not a special word given only to the psalmist. It's the word that the entire psalm has focused upon and has as its theme. That word is the word of the scriptures. That which has been entrusted to the people of God and by which Jehovah speaks to his people. And because, as we hear in 1 John 1 verse 5, God is light in whom is no darkness at all. His word also is light. And so the poet will write in this same psalm, verse 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. 
It's a light in this present darkness and comfort in the midst of all our affliction. How is that? It is that because that word of God speaks peace to his people. That is, to those who are his servants, who live unto him. The whole word of God may be characterized as an assurance on the part of God to his servants in Christ that he always deals well with them. And the reason the word comes with that assurance is exactly because the people of God, while they are in this world, must walk in the midst of affliction. He knows that through our earthly eyes, as clouded by our sinful natures, it doesn't always look to us as the Lord dealing well with us. We're in darkness, suffering, death. But it's because of the Lord's purpose to call his people out of darkness, out of suffering, out of death, that he has made his word an assurance that he always deals well with his people. No matter how things may look, whether it be a scene of prosperity or adversity, health or sickness, life or death, God comes to us in his word and says, I always deal well with you, my people. Always. In many ways, And by the account of many different events in the history of his church, God comes to us in his word, assuring us of that very fact. And you realize, don't you, it's all rooted in the cross. Everything in his word points us to Christ, to the cross, to our complete deliverance, even as we heard this morning and enjoyed in the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. The Lord assures us, who are his servants in Christ, that he always deals well with us. Will you lay hold of that word? Well, I realize from an earthly point of view, it doesn't look that way oftentimes. To us, his people, There is much trouble and little peace. There are many trials, many sorrows in this earthly sojourn, many afflictions. But as the poet expresses in the last part of verse 65, God has dealt well with him according to his word. His word is the promise that he deals well with his people. While we sojourn in this wilderness, in the midst of of all the suffering and turmoil of this present sojourn through the valley of the shadow of death, God is accomplishing his purpose with us. And his purpose with his people is always their salvation. Always. 
So let's look now a little more carefully at this confession. What does the psalm singer mean by this confession? What does he mean by expressing as an assured fact that Jehovah has dealt well with him? Does he mean to say by this, Lord, I've been in affliction, but thou hast helped me out. Does he mean to say, Lord, though I face much affliction, thou hast given me earthly prosperity. Thou hast given me more than enough to balance out the trouble in my life. Does he mean to say, Lord, thou hast led me in deep trouble, but I know that thou hast delivered me, and therefore thou hast dealt well with me. That's how we often talk, isn't it? We, we're led into the way of trial and affliction and sorrow. And we complain. God sends sickness and we immediately run to him and ask him, please take away this affliction. Well, let's remember God has a purpose in that affliction. That's why he teaches us to pray, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And we pray that even as we ask him for deliverance, if it may be his will. But our prayers are to be subject to his will not merely expressions of our demands upon him. But how often don't we find God's goodness only in the removal of our trial? When he helps us out of a particular trial, then we confess, Lord, thou hast dealt well with thy servant. But that's not the meaning of these words. It cannot be because it's evident in verse 69 that the poet's affliction is still with him. Remember, the psalmist is looking at his affliction as it comes from the hands of God. Makes no difference whether the affliction comes to us directly or through the enemy. It comes to us from the sovereign God. Our suffering, our sorrow, must be acknowledged as the Lord's dealings with us. So that when the poet speaks of God's good dealings with us, he's not thinking of earthly good. In fact, rarely, if ever, does Scripture speak that way. Certainly not of things in themselves. In the ultimate sense, when Scripture speaks of, of good, it always means the final good. And that good is perfect fellowship with God. The fellowship of God's covenant in everlasting glory. All that's connected with and leads to that, Scripture refers to as good. 
Now, don't overlook the fact that this word is true only for the servant. This confession and the application of its truth can only be claimed personally by Jehovah's servant. Thou hast dealt well with thy servant, O Lord. That's an exclusive word. No question about it. You cannot substitute a more general word for that word servant. Servants are the people of God, but more particularly, servants are people of God who have been called out of darkness, and as they are actually busy in his service, in the calling God has given them, We all have our particular calling. We considered that a couple weeks ago. Maybe your calling is that of a widow in Zion. Maybe your calling is that of a husband and father to provide spiritually and materially for the needs of your family. Maybe your calling is that of a mother in Israel to care for the children God has entrusted to you, bringing them up in the home in the nurture and fear of the Lord, surrounded by his love. Many are the callings of God's people, but always your calling in mine is to serve the Lord according to his word. The Lord deals well with his servant. And here we see the amazing wonder of his grace. The wonder is this. The Lord deals well with his servants, even though those servants are sinful. Even though we are sinful. That's the gospel of sovereign grace. The truth which we confess and live, even while we confess a continual struggle with a depraved old man of sin within us. God is God. He deals well with us. Not as sinners, but because he sees us as his children in Jesus Christ, as he has seen us from before the foundation of the world. Ephesians 1, God dealt well with his servants. When he sent his son in the likeness of our sinful flesh to suffer like we suffer, to die as we die, to bear the wrath of God that we deserve to bear and could never bear it. God deals well with us when he calls us out of darkness, brings us to repentance, gives us faith, cleanses us and glorifies us, God deals well with us. God deals well with us all along life's pathway when he makes us his servants forever. With that truth, living in our hearts, 
we have reason to make a joyful confession, the expression of thankfulness for the goodness of Jehovah to us. Do you acknowledge the well-dealings of Jehovah with you, even today? It's not so difficult to say the Lord has dealt well with his servant. But to say that the Lord has dealt well with me, and that always, that's more difficult to say, isn't it? When the sun shines and the way is momentarily easy, For if the way is easy, better realize it is only momentarily easy. When you sit in church, perhaps with your children, it might be rather easy to say, Thou hast dealt well, O Lord, with thy servant. But this confession reaches beyond the easy way. In fact, as is evident in the context, the purpose of this joyful confession is not merely to say it when the going is easy. Remember that the Apostle Paul wrote, Rejoice evermore. Or in another place, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, Rejoice. So also here. This confession of joy, for truly it is a joyful confession to know and to say that the Lord hath dealt well with us, this confession of Jehovah's goodness is to characterize your life and mine daily as the expression of our Christian gratitude to him who is our Lord. And the purpose is to live in this consciousness in such a way that we can make this our confession always. Thou hast dealt well with thy servant, O Lord, according unto thy word. It's not easy to make that confession, is it? For one thing, it's not easy because this confession seems to be contradicted by everything we see. It would be easy if we could see very clearly right now the distinction between the righteous and the wicked. If only we could see that the servants of the Lord are always the objects of God's favor, while the wicked are the objects of His wrath. If God's children were so good, while the ungodly were so utterly wicked, if only the Lord would lead his servants down a a smooth path, and the wicked would always meet with trouble, then it would be easy to say, O Lord, thou hast dealt well with thy servant. That's not his way, is it? Who can see the difference between God's servant and the wicked when they lie side by side in a casket? Who can see the difference in this world 
except that maybe the wicked prosper more and don't suffer as much. Because besides the suffering that we experience in general, suffering which all men experience, there's also the suffering which the servants of God experience because they're servants of God. And that suffering is even more grievous. That's the suffering that we bear in the consciousness of our own sinfulness before the face of the holy God. So this confession, a joyful confession, is seemingly contradicted by everything we see. How then is it possible to say, Lord, thou art dealing well with thy servant? In order to do so, we have to look above the things that are seen. And that's what you read in the last part of 2 Corinthians 4, verses 17 and 18. You remember that passage, don't you? For our light affliction which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Oh, we have reason... To, make, to take this text upon our lips as a joyful confession. But do you find it easy to live as a joyful Christian? I don't, not all the time. By God's grace, I've grown in this confession. I've enjoyed His goodness even through many trials. Trials I never would have anticipated being God's way for me. I will confess with the psalmist, Thou hast dealt well with thy servant, O Lord, according unto thy word. But to see the goodness of the Lord all the time, to confess it always, I don't find that easy. Not at all. This confession comes only by faith. And to the degree that we live in the consciousness of the blessed goodness of Jehovah toward us comes by looking upon Jesus. It comes, therefore, by laying hold of the gospel by laying hold of that word which Jehovah speaks to us. If only we were perfect, it would be easy, but we're not. We're still earthly, still sinful. And when we are in affliction and sorrow, then to say, Thou, Lord, art dealing well with thy servant. Not easy. And we have to learn to say that. Do you confess that? Having seen Jehovah's goodness in this day, 
in the gospel which pointed you to Christ, and in the shed the shed blood and broken body of him who died for you, do you confess, Thou, Lord, hast dealt well with thy servant. According unto thy word, it's necessary that we learn to confess this. It's necessary because we are in this world to glorify God, to serve him. Servants, remember? And we never glorify God more than when in the midst of death, in the face of death, we say, I have life. I have Christ. Thou hast dealt well with thy servant. But this confession is also important for our own peace of heart and mind. It is necessary that we glorify God in acknowledging his sovereignty and his right to lead us in the way that he would lead us. It's necessary to submit to him wholeheartedly in the knowledge that his way for us is the way of perfect wisdom, the way in which he perfectly expresses his love and care for us who are his servants. But to live with this knowledge and and confession is also necessary in order that we might live properly as his servants. I have emphasized time and time again, the Christian life is a life of thankfulness. Thankfulness to God. If I must live a life of separation unto God, if I must live as a stranger in this world, and therefore very different from all those around me, if I must live in such a way that it might bring me persecution and the opposition of the proud and haughty who hate God's truth, I must do so in the confidence that the Lord is my Savior who has dealt well with me. If I will walk in the way of God's word, I must know the power of that word, the authority that it bears, the salvation that it proclaims for me. That's why the psalmist prayed. Teach me good judgment and knowledge. In order to make this confession, we have to have good judgment and knowledge. By knowledge is meant that power by which we know what is good and what is not good, what is right and what is not right, What glorifies God and what dishonors him? And therefore, when the inspired poet says, teach me good judgment, he says, give me to taste, to discern what is good. 
Because as long as we have our eyes on the earthly, we're silenced. When these things are taken away, when we lose our health, our possessions, our loved ones, we have nothing to say. But when we have our eyes on that one good, then we shall say without doubt, Lord, thou hast dealt well with thy servant according unto thy word. And then our confession will also be manifested in the life that we live to the glory of God. For when the power of his word lives within us, we walk according to that knowledge. We make our judgments according to that knowledge. We will not be deceived by the things and the children of this world, but according to that good judgment and knowledge, our lives will manifest the thankfulness which fills our hearts, and God is glorified. That is to confess God's goodness. And let this be our humble prayer and our attitude toward the Word of God. That Word will finally be realized, beloved, when Christ comes on the clouds of heaven. When this present night shall have passed away and we shall stand in glory with perfect knowledge and the unhindered experience of the love of God in Jesus Christ, then we shall look back at the way in which God led us through all the sin and suffering and pain and sorrow, and we shall sing with the inspired psalmist, Thou hast dealt well with thy servant, O Lord, according unto thy word. Believe it and live in that hope. Amen. Gracious Father, by thy grace, we come to thee in the face of the sorrows and trials of our earthly sojourn. And we acknowledge, Thou hast dealt well with us, O Lord, according unto Thy word. We look upon our faithful Savior and see what He has done for us and in us and the work that He continues by His Spirit. And we rejoice. Thou hast dealt well with thy servant, O Lord, according unto thy word. Teach us good judgment and knowledge. For Jesus' sake, amen.